Hi, I'm Peachy. Hello, I'm Patrick. And hi, I'm Jeff. And if you two want the opportunity to ask questions to our guests, then consider joining our Patreon. You could ask them what their favourite cheese is, or potentially, did you really die at the Battle of Plano Field? Speaking of which... Hello, Alessio Cavatore. Hello. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. That, that was obviously a random part of your career. Uh, the cheese. Part. No, the cheese. I'm dying at uh, Pelennore Fields. But... <laughs> well, that is. For anyone uh, who, I'll be surprised, but for anyone that doesn't know who you are, brief description of who Alessio is, if you have sure. yeah, a, yeah. a paragraph or two to describe oh. your many, many years of career. Yeah, I mean, it started in... 96, 1996, I think, I moved to, to the UK uh, to be a translator for Games Workshop mm. uh, from Italy. Uh, we were starting to translate uh, Warhammer 4th, 5th edition, 4th going to 5th um, into Italian. So I joined the studio, came up, and uh, suddenly I was in the middle of like, you know, all the people that <laughs> used to look at books and was like, oh my God, Andy Chambers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I was just game and play. I was like, oh, like Jerry Johnson, Rick Priestley, oh my God. So yeah, I kind of went to heaven a little bit, <laughs> a little bit when I was, yeah. So I started working in the studio as a translator. I was definitely a competitive tournament player. Um, I crash mercilessly a few people in the staff <laughs> tournaments, won a couple of staff tournaments, and uh, annoyed the game developers a lot on rules and stuff while I was translating. Yeah. So I got this Good. job. <laughs> <laughs> I got this job as a that was a position of a games development coming up and I got it and started designing games instead of translating them, which was great. Um and that was quite a long stint from ninety Eight, something like that, until wow. 27, two, 2010. That makes it, what, 13 years, yeah, something like that? Yeah. Of, well, starting with army books, Warhammer. Then uh, eventually I was given the, the honor of uh, actually being the lead writer on, a, on one edition of Warhammer. I think it was sixth, perhaps. Mm. Yeah. And um, so done that. Then again, 40K, lead writer yeah. on, on, on a fifth, sixth, something like that. And then uh, Lord of the Rings. The, the best edition. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> I guess it depends who you ask. Who, but... <laughs> I was going to say, if you name specific editions, someone will be like, okay, this is the man that I blame everything for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, recently I went to a tournament, a sixth edition tournament, and uh, it was hilarious because people assumed, uh, Warhammer one, yeah. so people assumed that I knew everything because my name on the book, course, my name yeah. on a lot of the army books and stuff. So I bring my Skaven, and the people are playing sixth edition, and like, well, you know everything, right? I was like, ah, the last time I played this was like, 30 years ago <laughs> so, so I remember nothing that's fair that's fair yeah there was a great moment when break test double one I go I only only double one can save me double one yes I said I go double one yes the, the whole room goes silent they all look at me and go what's he on about it's like double ones and they go that's seventh edition. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's a swinging sixth edition. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course, yeah. Um, oh, <laughs> that, I suppose you, when you've done so much stuff, it's easy that they just all merge into one. Yes, I there is. Appreciate there, that. There is a lot of that, yeah. And then after after forty k, then Lord of the Rings, yeah, which was the I think the the the, the, the peak of my career there, really, the when I became the ring bearer. Yes, and, uh, you yeah, remember, yeah. and uh, I was running that system for. Quite a few years, and done all the editions. Got to be in the movie, as I've never mentioned that before a few times. Um, oh, yeah, so, so that was the 
death on Pelinopia. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. We'll, we'll, we'll come back yeah. to that. Yeah. Oh, it's an important role. It's <laughs> very, very important. Uh, yeah, so that until 2010 when that came to an end. So yeah. no more Games Workshop, left Workshop, and started River Horse, my yes. own company, my own business, which was um, a big step, different yeah. step. Yeah, fair. And River Horse since then, since 2010, so it's been going for now 13 years again. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. Uh, doing... The idea was to make our own games, uh, my games, uh, designing the board games, particularly mm. war games, uh, but ended up doing quite a lot of that, but also quite a lot of uh, services for other companies. So yeah. I've written, because being uh, kind of have a lot of experience on war games, a lot of companies that do that kind of stuff uh, recruited us as, a, you know, as writers, designers. So yes, I've ended up doing, I don't know, uh, Bolt Action, perhaps the biggest one. Bolt yes, Action yeah. for, for World of Games. Uh, I've done Kings of War for Mantic. Yeah. Uh, I worked on Conquest. Yes, uh, yeah. I worked on uh, uh, Draco games yeah. stuff, a lot, of, a lot of the Battles of Valerna games. So yeah, no, been busy. Yeah, all, all the game systems out there that are regarded as quite good game systems. Oh, really? That says a lot about your, uh, <laughs> your <laughs> writing <so> skills. <laughs> um, I, I like how you just dusted over the Lush. Lord of the Rings bit. Lush. So, Lush. I mean, my, my, and it's well regarded as like one of the best rule systems written, uh, certainly from my point of view, and a lot of the our viewers uh, agree with that as well. It's like as a, as a skirmish rule system, it stood the test of time for a long, long time. And I mean, you know, when you wrote that and made it, did you expect people to still be playing that game system using pretty much the same rule system that is... Because it's only been tweaked a little bit since mm. its first development. Yeah, it was actually, again, at a, at a tournament recently yeah. uh, and uh, in, in Lincoln. Yes. And again, yeah. it was fun to see people still playing it yeah. and enjoying it. It was really good. And let's... But before before I take all, all the merit, I mean, to be honest, <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of Rick Priestley. Oh, well, yeah, I'm sure. There. Yeah. <laughs> see, when we made the game, uh, basically on the, on the first edition, on the Fellowship, yeah. Rick was in charge. Rick yeah. was the lead writer. Yeah. So it's Rick's game, really, not my game, uh, originally. We worked together on it, yeah. of course. At the time, the, all the team actually pulled together. So there's Jervis and Andy Chambers yeah. and Gavin yeah. Thorpe, you know, all those people together. We worked on the first edition. But I think because I'm so incredibly passionate about talking i mean it's, mm. I, I always say the same thing is i'm not religious but if there is one thing in my life that is closest to a religion it would be the lord of the rings yeah you know, the yeah. book you always read that you can quote from yeah, that you always yeah, get. Yeah. so it's a big thing of your life and so because i was so passionate about it uh rick eventually during the the first one and then certainly from the second almost from two towers just went yours yep. you carry on and, and basically I, I inherited so i cannot really claim it's my system yeah. i worked heavily on it and yeah. i definitely developed it yeah. to what it became and made up what the expansion was going to be so yeah it's a lot of me but it's not all me yeah, yeah. rick rick deserves a lot of credit on that i mean you called yourself and it was a good good name you were known as the ring bearer would you say that rick was sauron then he kind of like <laughs> <laughs> just pass that on to you there you go yeah, we, did, we did a lot of that metaphors and yes yes it was quite a, a common thing like yeah there you go yeah the ring i mean it was it was used for a lot of things cause it was used for old, um old west mm -hmm. then uh, uh we i remember there was like a great war edition um for because there was war yeah. historicals for yeah, a time yeah, yeah. um headed well, by rob broom <laughs> yeah there was yeah. a lot lots of games you've done some obviously other than bolt action you've done quite a expansive stuff as well like historical based stuff is that right i've done a waterloo yeah. uh waterloo board game designed by yes. myself which was great it was great <laughs> to actually do all the research all this stuff i'm glad research. you didn't say oh shit <laughs> <laughs> the process i mean i don't know whether the game is shit or not i've heard good things about it but but actually the process was great mm. the, the learning going on the field going on the battlefield and the museum under oh, the field okay, and yeah, doing, yeah. reading lots of books and uh, kind of i had 
luckily I have friends with big libraries, you know, the, the Perry Twins yes, and uh, yeah, yeah. John Stallard. So I just went, all right, books, lots of books. So I, I did a lot of research and wrote down the, the my version of the battle. It's been portrayed a few times. Yeah, yeah. But no, that was fun. It was good. Yeah. Um, historical gaming. Yeah. Then I worked on Black Powder. I worked on Hail Caesar. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, no, quite a lot of the Warlord systems I, the, I worked with. The little photo at the front of the first edition of Black Powder where they put all like the yeah. writers' faces on... Uh, is it the Crimean generals? I don't remember if I'm in that picture. I, was, I, don't, I, was, uh, I don't know if you ever saw it at the front of Black no, Powder. There's, there's an old photo of like a bunch of the British Crimean generals. Yeah. And they put like Jervis's face on one and like Perry's <laughs> face and Stallard and they're just like superimposed. Yes, I don't know if I was already, because that might have been when I was still at oh, work. It sure. might have been, yeah, because yeah, yeah. I was playing Black Powder. Um, yeah. Um, quite early on into my studio career when yeah. you were probably still there. Yeah, because... Yeah, I think Hail Caesar is the one that I actually contributed the most of. I've wrote some scenarios and stuff. It was all Roman jokes about, you know, kind of like uh, the Romans go home kind of thing. A lot of that. That's fun. Yeah. Being a Roman yourself, that's exactly. fun. Right? <laughs> Roman is eaten domums. What? <laughs> um, if we can go back to, to, to Middle Earth for, for a minute. Um, I've never played it. I don't know the rule set at all. But all I hear constantly is it's the best rule system ever um right. from loads of different people well mm. from peach from from loads of patrons i've had loads of fun with it over the years mm. yeah like what what's different about it what do you think like the secret sources like in that game that makes it so good in comparison to like is it people looking back with a bit of nostalgia as well maybe or like is say like you of war cry yeah like is it how is it different to that? Is it better? Like I don't know. I, I'm I'm intrigued to to know like the why. <laughs> <laughs> if there is one, maybe well, there isn't, and that's fine. Yeah, I mean that's a tough how, question. How technical do you want me to go? <laughs> <laughs> it's like uber technical it's, it's game design. Uh, well, obviously I am biased because a obviously being heavily involved with it and. Uh, um, and also the, the setting for me is obviously magic, so the, yeah. there is that. So it, it just puts your mind in a certain mindset, yeah. and just so there is that. But if I stick to the game system, just try to analyze the game system purely as a game, um, I think we are used to play games with lots of uh, with units. So mm. where an element that you control is made of a unit of models, there's several models yeah. on, in a unit, and so you control four, five, six, ten elements. Each element is normally a, a mix of it is like several models sometimes it's a single model is big heroes or tanks whatever but normally it's a bunch of guys when it's a bunch of guys the complexity of the system goes over the it's complete it's so much more complicated to design and write and tight mm. rules particularly on a, on a war game where you know is the terrain and all of that so it's heavier much cumbersome you have more rules it, interactions between models becomes a lot more difficult the lord of the rings is a game where each model is individual each model is stand on its own and walks, moves around on its own. Yeah. And the interaction between models is actually something that we manage to make people want to do, as opposed mm. to these oh, guys like have to stay within an inch of each other and uh, for, keep formation. And so you have a lot of rules like that in 40k bolt action, where yeah. you go, all right, some guys get shot, killed. Well, then all oh, you have to move and get back into your. Oh. So it, it, there's a lot of stuff you have to do. While in Lord of the Rings. Uh, you have the these guys here, and uh, oh, this guy with the, the spear. If he goes behind him, 
can fight that through him into base contact. Oh, so you fun. want to be next to the guy. Yeah. If you have a shield wall that basically doesn't let people surround and trap your models, then you're 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 more effective. So you actually want to bunch up, not to let your formation be disturbed. But you want to do that. Mm, you don't yeah. have to do that. There's no rules for that. There's no rules forcing you to do that. Yes. Yeah. There's some rules that invite you to do that, which I think is the strength of it. You yeah. have this formation that happen naturally because you want to, because mm. it's almost like more realistic in a way because mm -hmm. again is the if we stay next to each other with shields like that you know the enemy doesn't get all around yeah. each one of us and so there's a lot of that going on which is i think yeah cool spare bit of it i certainly since then i think i favor uh systems where you have single models moving around i find them so much easier to write for and mm -hmm. you can get a lot of detail like that i've done that with the terminator yeah Terminator. Uh, we had a license for a Terminator um, game, so I made a miniatures war game. Is that uh, on Genesis. Genesis. Yeah. yeah. And I've heard that that's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> Again. I tried. Well, I tried to apply those those, those lessons and improve on it. A and, lot better uh, than its film, I would have thought. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot co possibly comment. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I did that, and yes, it's. Uh, still a popular system people play even though we stopped supporting it years ago but there's still groups playing that and uh, i think i'm gonna definitely take that and use it for my new license a little yeah. plug here yeah, yeah 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 uh, we got the ghost in the shell uh license recently uh, the ghost in the shell by, by shiro so the actual graphic novel the original and i'm super excited about it yeah <laughs> and, amazing uh, and okay the, the, the terminator system is a good starting point for that yeah. obviously it will be the same but that kind of game if i can oh, ask amazing. alessio when you have um, you have to write a game system for an IP that you, as you've previously said, utterly love. Mm. How hard's the balance of making the the character or the unit work in a game versus what you know they actually are? How 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 much is that? How difficult is that trade off? Because you know if you you've you've got to when you love characters, you really want to portray them as exactly as you read them don't you but obviously the game will have other ideas how, how hard's that yeah it is very difficult uh keeping your biases out of uh, out of the system but of course you you try <laughs> because you want the game to be reasonably balanced right mm. uh, one thing that we're working with ips what we found starting from lord of the rings mm. but then also uh, any other access of work like terminator etc is that often you're helped by the fact that the um you don't get to do too much with the core characters as in, you know, you you don't normally go right. This is the the most powerful guys, and I do a lot with them because the license holder will often be a bit nervous of you doing too much stuff with the core characters. Yeah. So you tend to focus maybe on secondary characters or even characters that are not in the in the main story, but plausibly could be around. An example we can focus on. Rangers of the North, which are not named, but of course there are more rangers around. Yeah, and they course, can, like yeah. these guys were, you know, around where the top, delaying some of the Nazgul in this scenario, etc., which obviously is not portrayed, but you're not going Aragorn, always oh, dead. Oops. You know, which <laughs> of course which of course you can do and you you have to do it, yeah. of course. Yeah, they have to be in the game. But uh, uh, you tend to focus the development on other bits around them, mm. not the core characters, and that helps with that because, like in Ghost in the Shell, I would make the major Motoko Kusanagi. I would, yeah, you know, she's yeah. so cool and she's so powerful. And just, but on the other hand, she's also fragile. I mean, in, in the film, in the in the in the, in the, in the, in the anime, in the in the cartoon, in the, in the manga, she gets eventually killed and yeah, damaged. <gasps> Spoilers. <laughs> Spoilers <to that. laughs> well, 
her body gets destroyed. She yeah. doesn't get killed. Mm. Right? Her subtle yeah. difference. But um, her, her, her android body is a fantastic cyber body is, is destroyed. Um, but um, again, the temptation of making her uber is very strong. And you kind of go, right, yeah, well, maybe we'll concentrate on... You know, trainee agents that work in the same agency in the same section nine instead of you know the main characters. They will have to be there. They will have to be there, mm. of course, because that's so iconic. But, yeah. yeah. So does that then help inform how you add rules to those bigger characters? So like doing the Range of the North analogy, you'd, you'd get them working in the game system. Then you go right now. I know what Aragorn's stats need to be like and how he would work in the game. Is that is that why you start with the the peripheral stuff? You start well, normally when you balance a game. You, you start with the you kind of identify a benchmark in which yeah, in, yeah. I guess in Lord of the Rings would have been Rohan or uh, yeah. or Gondor, normal warrior level, and and from there you obviously increase, decrease, and trying to you know make it proportionally good. But obviously there are some characters, some creatures like the Balrog yes, or Sauron, yeah, yeah. and you kind of go, yes, how many points is that? You know, kind of <laughs> it's like oh um, well, it's all the rules. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and that those are. Clearly, a bit more of a scenario thing because they're yeah. so over the top. You yeah, know? yeah. You know, when you put down prime marks and stuff, you kind of go, a bit, you know, should we even go there? Should we even go there? Yeah. You know, maybe they just just leave them in the background as a, yeah. You know, as yeah. I've, I've heard that sort of argument. People mm. are saying, oh, I, like I lost a bit of interest in, like, they, or they thought that the prime marks shouldn't have returned because mm. it's more exciting that they're not there but then when you have them on the tabletop and it's like oh this Primark's dead like I guess like Angron is like oh he comes back and he just keeps coming back but like Gilliman or what have you oh, and then yeah. who cares about Kalgar anymore because you've got Gilliman like Kalgar yeah, yeah. You know, like, oh yeah he's, he's been demoted it makes sense like it is a scenario based thing because I always thought like when I was in retail, people were like, oh, when are they going to make a model of the Emperor? I was like, if they do that, I mean, that's like a huge game. You need him, like, taking on, like, a Primark, and it just becomes like that should be a separate game in its own right, which is Horus versus the Emperor, as opposed to the Emperor rocking up with some custodians, and it yes. just seems a bit too one-sided. Yeah, <laughs> I, think from, go. I think for me, it always feels like they knew that they would be a problem. That's why they made them all disappear in the first place. You know, and it's like, and then you go, you got rid of them purposely so that they weren't going to be an issue in the game and the game went on for so long without there being a primark in and then to start bringing them back you just think you know you've got to be careful how you mm. how you approach them on you because you think next because eventually it's going to be at the moment it's like oh gilliman came back and in the game in the idea of the story that he he helps sort of try to get the the, the um, terror back on a bit of an even keel and and one thing or another, but then the problem being is, is eventually you, you do two or three, and then everyone's then just waiting on their one coming back, aren't they? You know, and then you mm. must be really annoying if you're the Blood Angel player. And you go, <laughs> uh, everyone go, oh, I got mine, and I got mine. You go, well, I won't be asking when's mine coming back because I know that's not happening. You know? yeah. so it's, Unless think, they rewrite the rules to yeah. make it come out, which yeah, then yeah, and down. then and then you go, yeah, and you rewrite the rules, and then the next thing you know, you go, you could, you know, of the seven hundred and eighty nine books on the Horus Heresy that Black Library's already written, it's like you go, I'll just yeah. sort of dilute it a bit, doesn't yeah. it? You know, I personally think they should have just left them well alone myself, but. Especially because, yeah. and if you play the game, it's always got to be, well, he's just injured and carried back to the ship, isn't it? It's not dead, is it? You know what I mean? Yeah, because I, I, there's that criticism in, in Star Wars a bit, isn't it? And it, was it in the Han Solo movie where you were like, oh, that's why the Millennium Falcon's computer is like a bit sassy because it used to be a droid. Like, yeah. I didn't need to know that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's constantly trying to, well, like when you write inside things, you've got to 
when you book ends and stuff, it's yeah, mm. you know, and you know this because when you try and you, you with Lord of the Rings, you're writing inside a pre existing thing, aren't you? So, your ability to start adjusting it can only go so far, can't it? Really, right. another yeah. reason to stick to not well known characters, yeah, because then mm. you have more freedom, yeah, yeah. 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 Aragorn casts a spell, and Alicia has been assassinated. <laughs> 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 no, but I agree. I think leaving the the big things, the biggest things out, is probably a, the best thing because it also allows people to just you know fantasize about oh, what would be yeah. a starting game of mm. you know I don't know the, the Valar you know if if, if Manwek came down and fought what would it be like kind of thing. I think the funniest thing we've done with that was Tom Bombadil. Mm. That was me going right. Uh, I, how about we make a profile which is all question marks? <laughs> yes, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> Surely that's not possible. Yes, it's possible. Let's do it. <laughs> I forgot about that, yeah, because um, I, I forget which book set it was in now because it's one of those little well, extra add-on books. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got them. I've actually remember. brought a bunch of the original um, Lord of the Rings books with me. I've left them in my bag like a fool. But I, I, one of the things I was going to say there, because I was like looking through it go, oh, I'll just double check because I'm sure Alessia was part of Lord of the Rings when it first started opened up no credits at all in the in, new books in, in any of the Lord of the Rings books and right. I was like oh is that a New Line Cinema related thing that you couldn't credit anyone even the, the original ones yeah the original really? ones yeah, yeah, zero that. credits right. uh, it wasn't until like War of the Ring and then later on that like Matt Ward or such and such was it was like Jeremy uh, like War of the Ring which was like the big unit yeah, style version that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Has Matt Ward and Jeremy Vitok as like the rules writers, but all the previous things just didn't have. Surely the the books, the the core rulebook has credits. In it? I know, probably like the bigger chunky one. I figured that. Does, yeah, the but I don't remember the little ones. Not the little ones. It was like the A4 size ones that came in the box set. So like the Fellowship when that first came out, you'd have like the black book with right. uh, the ring race on it, and then there was yeah, the yeah, two yeah. towers. Yeah. I had no credits at all. Really? It? Yeah. <laughs> I could zip I off and uh, get... Well, I could show them after, to be <laughs> yeah, fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, the, the, I, I always remember... A really interesting thing with that as well is like, those books came out probably... Or the rules came out probably a couple of months before the movie came out. So I remember when yeah, we got the, the one, yeah. sets for yes. The Fellowship, it was like October time because we were doing intro gaming in the stores. And I really liked the scenarios where doing their best to try and work out how the, it played out in the movies. <laughs> and there's like the Amon Hen bit. I was just like, oh, this is cool. Let's play that. And you watch the movie like, it's nothing like the movie. <laughs> but that's because you had to work blind, right? Yes, it's quite funny. There's a story that we we were doing the, the Two Towers version and we're like, is the fell beast then or not? Because ah, in the book there is this scene where he flies overhead, but it is not seen; it's just yeah. heard, and then the Legolas shoots him. But it's not. So, is it being in the movie? And we kind of went to Peter Jackson. And was like, "Are you putting it? In? Is it? Can we see the fell beast yeah. in the in the second movie?" Like, nope. Oh. No, 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 right, no, 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 for this. So we didn't put it in the in the game. So yeah, like, yeah. All right, we'll put it in the in third, in, in the third version, in the, in the Return of the King, because clearly. So we were sitting there in the cinema watching the, <laughs> the two towers of the premiere, kind of going, and suddenly, like in the dead march, is like, what? And then at the end of Osculeath as well, where they were like <laughs> round the ruins. But, but, but. <laughs> Damn you, Peter Jackson. <laughs> so there is no film, is it? It's fine. Yeah. And then the worst of it is, then, is all the fans go, why isn't it in the game? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you should have put it in. It was like, <laughs> I mean, that aside, I mean, like, looking back at the old um, scenarios, that you, even though you had no sort of concept of how that story played out in the movie, the scenario still played quite true to Hello. the story, even though the setup was slightly different and stuff like that. So it, it's testament to, like, the team's knowledge of 
the story is. Knowledge and, of the story and a yeah. lot of playtesting. And a lot of playtesting, <laughs> yeah. A lot of playtesting. <laughs> my, my favourite thing, I think, from doing all the Lord of the Rings stuff, and, um, and I've done it a lot, was we used to, and White Dwarf certainly had a, oh, what was it called now? It was like your own fellowship. You basically created your own fellowship. Um, so you, you basically long. picked like your Aragorn equivalent. So it could be Aragorn or it could be, I think it was like Aemir or someone, there was like other characters around like right. Glorfindel and stuff right. like that. So you'd have like your, your Aragorn equivalent, your Gandalf equivalent, right. your Legolas Gimli, Boromir equivalents, and then your Hobbit equivalents. And you can make your own. I think it was the Fantasy Fellowship, I think it was called. Right. Um, and that was fun. But also like the idea of playing the fellowship through the scenarios, but never like regenerating the might points and will points in their wounds. So yeah. if they die, they die. Yes. And then you carry on to the next one. It's like, he's only got one fate point left. So let's see how he gets on. Aragorn died at M- 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 Moria of mine. I could never get my, my fellowship past Moria. Yes, it was a a, it was hard. Challenging, yeah. It was good. It was good. For, it was one of those things that's really good fun, especially when you get to like Amon Hen or something like that and you've got Bilbo left. Not Bilbo, sorry. Like, <laughs> like Pippin or like Merry. You're like, great. Pippin's got the ring. He's got like no, no stats that are of any use <laughs> fighting against the Urukai. This is going to be fun. Nice. Meat yeah. was back on the menu. <laughs> meat was. Yeah, soft, <laughs> sweet meat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure hobbits taste nice. I'm sure they do. Probably. It's because yeah. of all the, you know, the fatty foods they eat, I reckon. Yeah, all the beer and yeah. Yeah, yeah. flavours it all. Yeah. Yeah. So what was the first thing you wrote after leaving Games Workshop? Ooh. Um, I think uh, we... I got sidetracked straight away, kidnapped by <laughs> by Ronnie for Kings of War mm. uh, and uh, also Bolt Action. I think those were definitely the, you know, I'll start making my own games and get dragged. It's like, no, wait, <laughs> wait, before you do that. <laughs> like, oh, but, but. So I actually went into uh, yeah double mantic warlord period mm. of uh, Kings of War and, uh, and Bolt Action. I think that was the, the first thing. For myself, I think the first, the thing that started the, the model of licensing and was actually uh, we started with Terminator. We did yeah. a Terminator Genesis uh, war game, which led to the big biggest success of River Horse to date, which is the Labyrinth. Mm. Basically, starting the relationship with the Jim Henson Company and starting yeah. the Labyrinth, Dark Crystal, that side of things, which is the the biggest thing mm. we've oh. done to date and still going. Oh, Labyrinth okay. is great, and it's nice to see a, a game system uh, following that. Because have you seen the Weta Workshop? Um, yeah, the, the way recreated like the goblin town and like the labyrinth uh, scenery set itself. Yeah, there was Johnny Fraser Allen doing. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Doing all the it's just like sort of yeah. like modular and moves around. It's like insane. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I've always fancied playing a war game on that, and you can. Yeah. <laughs> oh, all yeah, the feel free to like <laughs> yeah, put yeah, the box yeah, on the table. Yeah, we bought a, a prop. Yeah. <laughs> conveniently. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Johnny Fraser Allen is the the sculptor that, uh, in New Zealand that yeah. used to work for Weta and sculpted the the models for these for the expansions. Amazing. And, uh, so yes, there's a, this is the the bestseller. Definitely the thing that is. Um, kept the lights on on River Horse and keeps going <laughs> there's so much love for this IP in the world it just yeah. uh, it keeps going it's, it's good fun it, what I f- like about this is that it doesn't take itself seriously it mm. is that kind of humour that goes with it which is yeah it's Jim Henson it's just oh, yeah. it's lovely it's like the, the movie doesn't take itself seriously I mean you got right. David yeah. Bowie with a massive cod piece so. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that was actually part of the design is, uh, is uh, Brian Froud's kind of you know, when they were doing the design of the film, yeah, there was a specific thing because it, it's all, you know, is, is Sarah growing from a, from a girl into a woman and yeah, uh, yeah. kind of getting, all, there is a subtext there that, well, 
intentionally by design. Oh, right. Wow. The, yeah. I had no idea about that. Do you, surprise, yeah. do you get surprised by the the fact that IPs of this age are still loved? On a, is it a surprising to you, do you think? Well, I mean, a lot of the stuff I do is from the 80s and stuff that I've done, games that I've done, are all pretty much based on 80s movies because mm -hmm. that's, I guess, when I was a, a teenager and I, a lot of the cool stuff for me was, you know, so we've done Terminator. Yeah. Uh, we've done Highlander. Oh, yeah. amazing. We've done, okay. we've done a Highlander game, yeah. Please oh, tell me the rule is there can only be one at the end. Well, there's, a lot, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of that. And the head's magnetised. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of, uh, of jokes and part of it is those jokes is, I mean you do a Terminator game there's so many quotes you know oh, you, you start to speak like Arnie you know, <laughs> so the rules are you know like literally like there is no fate but what we may you know I'll be back <laughs> all the rules are like that and, and here you have magic dance and all the all the, all the fun things Amazing. all the singing and the, the nonsense of Jim Mason. Um so uh, what else we did the uh, Hunger Games that's not 80s I guess uh, yeah, yeah. yeah but uh, we tend to Pick on an IP that I love and, and do things with it, and um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, like My Little Pony as well. Yeah. <laughs> yes, oh, please show that as well because I, I I was surprised to see it. So, um, it's yes. aimed at a younger generation as well as the parents, I suppose, as well. Yeah, yeah. Basically, uh, I was uh, I had a daughter, and when she was six, she was watching this show, and uh, I was I remember My Little Pony from the eighties. So, mm, you know, the, same, the hobby yeah. was piece of plastic with mane yeah. comb the mane and I was like not for me yeah, not yeah. interested <laughs> much more of a Care Bears man <laughs> no I was more like Fist of the North Star uh, I can't uh, say, you know. yeah, <laughs> you're start playing uh, Fist of the North Star with, with My Little Pony that's, that's never going to end well is it speaking of characters that are a bit too good I mean if we did think about oh, designing a war game for Fist of the North Star so you have Ken Shiro and 16,000 thugs attacking <laughs> 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 I'll destroy them all. Like, How do you balance that? Yeah, anyway, yeah. Um, so yeah, basically, my daughter watches this cartoon, and uh, and I was like, oh, wow, wait, wait a second, what forest, dragons, manticores, spells? I'm in. So, what, 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 what's this? <laughs> so and uh, great humor again, and very good fun, very good fun. The kind of humor that you know kids get and uh, or grown ups get. There's different levels there for everybody. It's a very good show. It's a very good show, and it's very wholesome. The, the message is all about friendship. It's all about solving conflict through not through fighting. Mm. You know, so it, friendship is magic. Is the thing is about becoming friends. And all the main arch villain of every series, the like seven, eight, nine series, and they always have this big enemy. And very often in the next series, they would be allies. They they kind of work their differences together and become uh, friends. Yeah, great, yeah. So it, it's a very good message and uh, yeah, encourages kids in this case of like you know my daughter her friends playing games and yeah. you're trying to encourage a good behavior like yeah. you know, like uh, being together being friends working together so yeah yeah, yeah it's, it's very very good fun this, this is dnd with ponies basically D &D with ponies. i mean that's <laughs> wonderful and did you say that you approached them yeah yeah we yeah. um after i mean with licensing often my experience is that you, the the first ones are the more difficult ones to get because you don't have yeah, you, you, mm. they, they want to see that you've done, that you you know the business, you know how to exploit licenses, etc. So I started with Terminator, which is most difficult. Yeah. Then then I already had the uh, labyrinth. But having worked on Lord of the Rings with King's Squadron, yeah. again, was something that I, was, I could say I worked on licensing before. It wasn't yeah. my license, yeah. but I, I worked mm. on the process. I know the process. And uh, so, yeah, then you tend to approach them... Uh, 
occasionally happens that they approach you because again it's the agents the people that you work with uh, mm. the, the people in licensing inside a, a licensor maybe sometimes move jobs and go to another company and yeah. suddenly the paper that was we work on terminator went to work for i think it was from was it uh, oh i don't remember skydance went to work for a uh, legendary and that, so basically we got approached by Lionsgate actually uh, for the, mm. the Hunger Games was actually they, them yeah. coming to us it's like would you like to do a Hunger Games game yeah. like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. yes 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 I, I would that's great and did so, no, so, uh, did your daughter appreciate that you uh, you approached them and were like, hey, can I make a My Little Pony game? And then uh, you were like, this is for you, darling. She'd be like, I don't want to play it. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, teenagers. Yes, <laughs> when she was six and we started, yes, she was involved, lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, now she would be playing a sorcerer, a yeah. tiefling sorcerer. <laughs> yeah. 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 Things yeah. have changed. She is obviously course, older. Now yeah. she's 15. That was a, yeah, quite a long time ago. But yeah, it's... It, she liked the fact we, we was fun it was fun to do yeah. together of course yeah, yeah if i that. use my little pony as a segue what's your um what's your unicorn ip what one would you like to chase down and get hold of that you haven't had well i would have said ghost in the shell but hey You've managed that <laughs> out, yeah. that's that, that's on the cards good 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 uh obviously you know there are the big ones. I mean, it would be nice to write stuff for us for star wars et cetera, et cetera. Mm. but you know also game of thrones you kind of oh wow the big shows but niche stuff which is where i normally live is like yeah i think the the ghost in the show for me was a big win was a big yeah. I, mm. I, you probably tell i'm quite excited about oh yeah absolutely. <laughs> but, it, but it, it's iconic isn't it ghost in the show yes for me it, it is. really is you know i remember when i i remember i remember going to the cinema to see it mm. and i'm being utterly blown away because it was the first japanese manga i'd seen on a big screen and being utterly just for me as much as I think with the film I think it was the music for me really the music is very iconic yeah absolutely yeah, but, yeah no, uh, I, I started with the novel the graphic novel uh, yeah. the, the first time it came out oh I hoovered that up quickly after seeing the film just, yes, <laughs> that is great so, I mean, my favourite is uh, the Scarlett Johansson interpretation. Uh, I've only seen a bit. I need to I finish mean, watching that because I started watching it and never got around to finish it. You're just pushing buttons there, where you? Yeah. <laughs> I tried try to. Yeah. <laughs> Weirdly, my, I, I, we got hold of Akira and I never got around to watching Ghost in the Shell until like much later on. So I, I, I wasn't really... I didn't well, experience it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well. Um, very different. Very, yes, very yeah, different. yeah. So uh, that was my first interaction with manga, and I really loved it. And we got, like, the graphic novels for that. And then we moved on to other stuff, and eventually I got around to, like, going to Forbidden Planet or HMV and finding a lot of manga movies and cartoons and stuff. Um, but, yeah, I was like, that, that was my first interaction. How do you do a, an Akira game? It's just... <laughs> 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 it's just yes, is yeah, that even possible? Yeah. Is that just stay know. well away? Is that the kind of story? Yeah, yeah, yeah the drugs would have to come in the box, wouldn't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, some, some stories are very cool, but they don't lend themselves no, very, very no. easily to, to games. Yeah. Which was going to be my other question. Is, like, is, is there some like companies that have approached you with like game ideas? You're just like, I can't right rules for this 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 is just too ambiguous uh, there were situations where you maybe explored a some ips maybe i shouldn't mention which ones but we mm. did explore some ips and uh, eventually decided to turn them down because uh you have to ask yourself where's the game in this, mm. in this ip right yeah. there is there a game a good example is the the hunger games yeah where actually we thought okay well what you obviously do is you do a survival game in the arena, like, you know, yeah. the, the classic. Mm. Uh, and you can go, right, so, and the characters, you have to survive. And, and the, the, the author, um, calling, uh, the, what's her name? Oh, Suzanne 
Colex? Yeah. She 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 basically she said, No, you cannot oh. do a game on the Hunger Games. Oh, That's okay. not a subject for fun. In her head was I feel like we doing a, a, a game on the Holocaust. It's mm. like this is horrible. This is kids taken from their families and made to kill each other for mm. sport. What? What's wrong? What's wrong with you? We're gonna make a game out of that? I'm like, yeah, fair enough. So we ended up doing a uh, concentrating on the Mockingjay, the second part of the, the yeah. movies and the film and the books. Uh, and so it's, it portrays the resistance against the capital and the, the, the uh, war. So okay, it turns yeah. out effectively to be a, a war game. Yeah. And I think there we lost a lot of customers because. Of course, a lot of the guys were like, why did you do a game on the Hunger Games? Yeah, well, why yeah, yeah, war? Because yeah. you know, the fans of that IP are into the characters that are in the arena, yeah. not so much into the old war side of things. Yeah. So you kind of have the IP, but you're not portraying what people want and expect, and so you're kind of putting yourself out of the, your customer base. Yes, so it, yeah. it was an interesting experience. But. Yeah, yeah, kind of like defies expectations in a way, but not necessarily like, oh, it defies it. Like, yeah, I don't know. Like it's not what people expect it. I That's guess. right. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe see how precious the uh, the writer of the Maze Runner is and go and see if they're like. Was <laughs> <laughs> oh, that the one that does the Scorch Trials and whatever the other yeah, book yeah. is? Yeah. yeah, never actually watched those. I've heard yeah, they're, 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 I think the I've seen the first one. Yeah, I, I quite I quite yeah no, they're, they're teen film, but they're, I think they're quite enjoyable. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they, they might go, yeah, just kill teenagers. We don't mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you've done. A whole manner of war games from obviously Middle Earth, workshop related codexes, army books. You've even, am I right in thinking you did stuff for more time quite early I on? I worked on more of them, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. with Thomas, yeah, yeah. That's I did the Skaven list and yeah, yeah. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, yes. You're still, still involved fun of... with that. Yeah. <laughs> was that before or uh, during the Thomas Pyrrhon? Um... With Thomas, yeah. yeah Thomas yeah. Thomas was my line manager, uh, oh. supervisor, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. it was, uh, basically, I was working for him when I started working there. I mean, I turned up the first day. So, hello, I'm here from from Italian studio. I'm supposed to start today, and they're like, "Oh, we forgot about that." Um, um, but where's my desk? Mm, no. <laughs> There's a chair there. Uh, here's a notepad. There's <laughs> my computer. Oh yeah, well we'll order it now. Yeah, for you. We'll that has never minutes. changed, by the way. <laughs> that has never changed. When I when I turned up, I had no desk. I had to source my. It's like literally like your, your first job is turn up to the studios. One, find a desk, a chair, the equipment you need, and it's like never games changed. Workshop, Hunger Games. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's mad, and it's like it's never changed. It, was, it almost became a rite of passage. So when like I started out to go through that, when Duncan started, I was like, well, yeah, I. Had to suffer so why why can't he yeah and then the cycle continues right to passage right? <laughs> if you're not proactive enough to get yourself a desk and a computer and stuff then you're not, you're you're not like, welcome here yeah. you start on a monday morning in the corner room and the aim of the game is by friday you've got a desk and a computer <laughs> but yes i basically thomas was like all right uh, write me some uh abilities for these vampire families that we were just starting to you know we're splitting the, the vampires and the and the, and the, 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 the wet and the dry undead into two books and, and it was the vampire counts and uh, it was like write me abilities vampire powers for the family and i was like okay so i'm set, sat on my chair with my notebook writing mostly that's how it began amazing that's brilliant have you um kept up to date with sort of 40k at all and and bits and bobs no since 2010 when i left workshop i actually had not have not played uh current uh against workshop games because mostly I was 
I am still very busy with, with Bolt Action. Being yeah. that, that takes my wargaming time, going yeah. to events, the tournaments, and yeah, stuff. Yeah, like yeah. That. That's where I am. And yeah. maybe because I'm older, I guess you move from. Typically, you move from fantasy science fiction into into yeah. historical, don't you? When yeah. you get older, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. traditional. Before you know it, it'll be model trains. <laughs> wargaming model stamps. trains. Yeah. <laughs> stamps. I started off at stamps, so you know I've done that. That's fine. <laughs> so no, I have played bizarrely older versions, 6th mm, edition, yeah. and, uh, and and they invited me to this Lord of the Rings one. I probably will join next year. Uh, but yeah, it's that will be a current one, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah, had but, hold of the first edition book the other day. I was very, very tempted to buy it because it was on the oh. shelf in Warhammer World. Oh right, the reprint, and I was thinking just more out of curiosity than anything <laughs> else, you know. Oh, that's really interesting. <laughs> yeah, so. I do play Battle Sector on online, as in uh, the the, the, the yeah. computer game. So yeah. I do play that, and there's tournaments of it and stuff. So I'm actually playing in the tournaments. Do you crush that's your right. enemies in that as well? <laughs> no, no, not often. Yeah, yeah. I, I had no. I didn't realise you you'd done bow action. It's obvious now when I think back because it's like, oh, yeah, of course you did. What what is really interesting, um, and you probably were not aware of this, but during the move from seventh edition 40k to eighth edition, when they were doing a lot of play testing, they were looking at the bow action mechanic. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, wow. it's okay. like well you know Alessio's quite good at writing rules let's uh, let's see what's so, wow. so magic about this one because there was a time when they were like playtesting and doing the whole kind of like putting your your tokens in in the bag and then pulling them out and wow and doing I, like in yeah I'm getting a big head here right? <laughs> <laughs> Which, well, yeah, well, I mean it, it's it's a good system I mean I, I've fun. not played it but I'm well aware of how well I've played it once or twice but that was a long time back, um, but I'm well aware of how like the mechanic works, and it's it's very clever, and it it did make a lot of sense for 40k. Weirdly, well, it's designed to the same scale, you know, yeah. the same type of number of models, number of egging. I go back to the elements on the table, so they are not, you know, they are. I can see that the system's being used for both. Yeah, mm. sort of thing, yeah. Amazing. Has there ever been a like a rule? Um, so obviously you you've made games that have been very public and parts of big companies like Warhammer and and Bolt Action and stuff like that. Is there ever like there, there must be quite a lot of comments and critique on the rules that you've made and stuff like that, which which must come with you know, no, they're perfect. Um, like, has there ever been a rule where someone's gone like? I don't like this one. It doesn't make sense. But and you're like, well, maybe I agree with you, but it has to happen because of this. Like, I guess what I'm trying to say: were there any limitations to your rule writing, like enforced on you by writing in these big sort of IPs and stuff like that? All the time. Yeah. <laughs> all the time. I mean, that happens all the time. You 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 write a brief, you write for a customer, and the customer obviously has opinions and limits, and maybe they have a license license or or. You know, other parties involved, uh, like in the case of Bolt Action, it would be Osprey Publishing, which is part of working mm. with Warlord and stuff. So, so there's there's always influences and limitations and factors that influence your your design. And if you are a good game designer, I think you well, part of being a good game designer is actually interacting, listening, and mm. flexing and adapting and being flexible. Uh, flexing is the wrong thing. Being flexible. <laughs> 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 What, what, no, it's, 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 it's plus three. Yeah. I mean, you can flex. She's like, well, I, I wrote Lord of the Rings. Just, uh, <laughs> being flexible. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, being uh, being uh, <laughs> able to change and adapt your design to the needs of your customer. That's mm. part of the yeah, part of the. You, you yeah. have to learn to do that. Otherwise, you don't go anywhere. Because you know, if you sign up, has to be like this. But no, we want it to be like that. No, it has to be like this. You're not going to win that. <laughs> no, I so guess you have not. Has there ever been like a hill that you? That you died on. <laughs> yes, 
<laughs> yes, sometimes that you get yeah. to kind of, you know, the, the creative differences get to the point where you walk away from a project. It happens. Yeah. <laughs> it, you yeah. know, it's... Yeah, well, I suppose that shows passion as well, that you yeah. care about the projects and stuff. Yeah. Um, it's a two-way street. I mean, yeah. you have to help and work with them, but mm. oh, normally there should be a bit of a, <laughs> of a reciprocation there, you know, a bit of flexibility on both sides. When that's not the case, sometimes it gets difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just going to quickly say, I'm going to give you the opportunity to pitch some of the stuff that you're working <laughs> on at the moment as well. Um, so one of the things I was interested in is, obviously, you've done stuff for Workshop in the past. Um, Favourite Warhammer uh, army book and favorite warmer 40,000 codex that you that you contributed to you got any favorites um well i obviously because i'm i'm a skaven fan <laughs> i i play i played skaven in the chambers version then i wrote the skaven book as well the next one and uh, i think it was a good book except perhaps for the some of the things were a bit too good again probably what you were saying about before about you know being really excited about something you, you really have passion mm. about that you, yeah my normal of you know everything has to be very balanced everything has to be very uh, maybe that i was a bit like over the top with this game and probably the one that i get most flack it might be a little bit like that currently with whoever's written the eldar codex to be fair you <laughs> <laughs> managed to nerf it and still leave it in the number one spot on the uh, on the tournament scene so i know what you mean <laughs> uh so yeah skaven probably yeah. Uh, but i do love breton uh, sorry you know you said things that i written myself well yeah so I, didn't I mean you, you didn't have to be if, if, if yeah. you like Britannians I mean who doesn't no. <laughs> that nice and shiny little yeah is the, is the heraldry that is so cool um, so yeah and Oscaven I would say for Warhammer mm. uh, 40k I think the demons mm. I haven't worked in a lot, on a lot of codexes to be fair yeah. so the demons was definitely a good fun one of doing something different um, so that was a big challenge with a, a hill that I almost died on oh, uh, so, oh. yes yeah, yeah, interesting yeah. Uh, and um and uh, Lord of the Rings, well, I guess my passion there was Rohan, really. Mm. Uh, I have this, yeah, the, the, that charge of the Rohirrim, I don't know. Oh, I don't yeah. know if you've seen, that the, somebody made a montage where they put Tolkien reading the part of the book oh. about the charge of the Rohirrim. Oh, to and the film. says Tolkien reading and the scenes of the movie and they just match perfectly. Amazing. They made this video. It's, you can find it online. Yeah. Tolkien reading the charge of the Rohirrim with the film underneath those images. Yeah. Uh, and... I actually sent that video to Richard Taylor at Weta, saying, it's like, oh, you have to show this to Peter. It is amazing. It was like, oh, my God. <laughs> it's interesting because I've always liked the aesthetic of Gondor, but there's not a single scene where Rohan turned up that doesn't give you chills down your, down your spine, is there? Yeah. <laughs> and obviously you got the... The, I guess the privilege of playing a dead Rohan man right. near a mummock because you had like was it Brian Nelson the Perrys and yourself yeah, they were on that yeah, scene yeah. Yes. Yeah. such a thing to, to tell your grandchildren and your children's grandchildren yes I've told the story a few times <laughs> tell us again tell I, it I was going to say I've never heard it yeah. so <laughs> wow <laughs> and, and many of our viewers probably won't have as well so. yeah. somebody who hasn't heard it story yet amazing <laughs> wow I forgot the planet there's more people that have heard the story than haven't heard the story so yeah I'm pleased to, to tell it again yeah yeah so we were um, working on Return of the King and uh, so we went to New Zealand uh, to get kind of like get Peter Jackson involved and get information unlike the file beast that was there wasn't there <laughs> so I was like can you tell us what's in the return of the king and um, so on this mission which was great I mean people there still lovely uh, Richard Taylor invited to his house and it was you know, the, the boss of Weta yeah. he is a lovely lovely person anyway so um, 
we uh, as we work there for a couple of weeks and then it's time to go back and Peter Jackson says oh what a shame that you're going back because in in two weeks we're starting the pickup so filming a few extra scenes a bit I need to put into the Return of the King and if you were around you know I well why don't you stay I'll put you in the movie as cameos extras and stuff and I <laughs> was like oh, we spent two weeks away from our families and work and stuff we cannot really stay another two weeks but, yeah. but if you put us in a movie we will come back in yeah. two weeks yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like, and he was like yeah sure you're gonna go back to England and the Antipodes and you know an hour on the plane and sorry sorry a day on the plane yeah, yeah, and yeah. then back and I was like no you're not gonna do that I was like no, no, we will. <laughs> we totally will. <laughs> we'll get in the movie. So we did, and uh, and then yes, we we got this scene where we had the dead people around the the, the eleven clock, Mary's eleven clock, and uh, Spippin is looking for it and finds it. So yeah, that was magical. You know, getting oh. on set, meeting all the actors. You know, it's me dressed as Ryder or Rohan, and because you're really close to the camera, the, the, your costume is perfect. Because the further away you are from the camera, the more kind yeah. of uh, the, the, the costume is not as detailed. But yeah, we they're had... just like here's a sack. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I was watching um, Zorb Zorb talk about that, and they had like a Rohan outfit, and it still looked really nice, mm. but it's just just like it was like machine stitch as opposed to like hand stitch and stuff like that. Yeah, there's just, different degrees yeah, of like, uh, accuracy. Yeah, but so babe, I'm a driver on then. You know, uh, film the scene, etc. But you're on set, all you see everything that goes on, and I, I'll be cold. Let's go for break. Let's go into this pavilion, get some uh, get some coffee. But making coffee, and then Aragorn the king, <laughs> be going completely because he walks in and goes, hey, pass the coffee, the, the, the sugar. <laughs> <laughs> yes, my liege. <laughs> the sugar. <laughs> You know, stuff like that. It's just like, amazing. You know, like I was smiling oh, like this forever. Yeah. Even when I'm, I, I mean, the funny thing is that the lady, blood lady, the lady that squirts blood on the corpses there as you're lying down waiting for for the next take. And she kind of goes, can you stop smiling? <laughs> <laughs> you just died a violent death. You'll be stomped on by a boomerang or something. Stop smiling. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I can't do anything. <laughs> yeah, the number of times that she went, and stop smiling. <laughs> I, was just so, I was just so happy to die for Rohan. <laughs> I mean, Valhalla. Yeah. Really. yeah, yeah, that's it. You, you, you died a warrior's death. Yeah. And I'm right in oh, thinking the, the base of the Momok is the four of you. That's right. Uh, as the dead bodies on the base, isn't it? Yeah. Is that, yeah. I was actually very funny at the tournament uh, with this funny Lincoln. I, I was uh, going around and uh, there was people with Mumex and uh, I wanted to brag and tell the story again. So I was just like, <laughs> I, go, <laughs> I pointed one of these guys they're playing. I go, oh, that, that, that's me there. You know, he was like, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, no, it's me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was uh, <laughs> somebody here today. Not that's really him. That's brilliant. I guess uh, it's like a rules writing is quite firmly behind the scenes like people might be familiar with your name but not maybe what you look like so if you wander up someone and go that's me like i'll be like okay people at tournaments going don't make eye contact with me he's on yeah. he's around putting the bases again do you have like do you have pictures in a book and you can be like no no look here i am here's aragon here's perry's as well like it is me be like Okay, I believe you now. Because one of the corpses has their arm, arm off at a certain distance, which is oh, what um, yeah, Michael was. Yeah. yeah. yeah oh, that's so amazing. Yeah. Yes, he does that. Mr. What, Stampy. 
<laughs> Mr. Stumpy. Mr. Stumpy. That's Mr. Stumpy. It has a film career. It's the features of it Peter does, Jackson yeah, yeah. Uh, looking at Mr. Stumpy going, mm, yeah. eyes on, etc. He's, he's been in all sorts. That's his Bandit Brothers. <laughs> Multiple dead bodies. Yes, yes. Uh, a film actor, film, film, film star, Mr. Stumpy, yes. Mr. Stumpy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Top Gun actor. I've heard him saying, saying about the riders of Rohan on the big. I was reading a thing a while back ago that how many of them were women, weren't they? Oh, with beards. The bearded yeah. ladies. The bearded ladies. It was a, yeah, different. It was funny. <laughs> you know, you dress the rider on, bunch of riders on, meet some orcs in the, on the set. And, kind of go, <laughs> and they go, ah! It's What an experience. Like, yeah. I, I think Amazing. when. Because um, we had Gary Morley and he had yeah. such a lovely experience of it as well. Yeah. yeah. yeah like, he had. He had um, Signatures. Like signatures, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, like from Ian McKellen, and he, oh, yeah. he had pictures of like him like hugging Liz Hurley, not Liz Hurley, Liv Tyler, Liv Tyler, that's in his own time. <laughs> yeah, it's because I watched Sharp recently. Like, the name begins with L. <laughs> I do have a, an autograph book which is amazing and actually has a unique autograph that nobody else in the world has. I'm pretty sure I have the autograph of Shadow Facts. Oh, because literally, I was you know on set again. There, somebody hands their carrying the, yeah. the, the horse to another scene, and I go, "Can I have his autograph?" And the guy goes, a "What? <laughs> yeah, the, the horse is autograph? Shadow facts?" Like, okay. <laughs> so I put the the book on the on the ground, and they make him stand. Oh, hoof, amazing! Hoof on the thing. So I have a, still a hoof print on, like my, on my book. Oh, yeah. 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 it's still you know kick mud from New Zealand and God knows amazing. what. But yeah, there's a print on my book. <laughs> Shadow yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> I don't think no one else has that. No, 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 yeah. no I don't think so. Nobody, yeah. Uh, yeah, he was looking at me like I was completely mad. <laughs> I don't that, think that was so. just a horse. <laughs> Gandalf <laughs> never asked this of me. Never. Yeah. The horse would be like, I'd better be getting extra hay for this. <laughs> extra hay. Imagine the horse's the horse's ego is just shattered when nobody else asked for it. Yeah. Horses yeah. stood there, loads of people with autograph books. Yeah. The horse is like, when you ready? Yeah. <laughs> when you ready? Yeah. You made that horse's day. Yeah. 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 Um, so, oh. River Horse, um, you've got lots of stuff on, <clears throat> on, on the cards, obviously. Ghost in the Shell. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the things I can talk about, because again, yeah, we're still yeah, working on services for other, other companies. <laughs> Well, no, I mean, the, the, the big thing is Ghost in the Shell. Is the thing Ghost in the Shell. And uh, we still do board games. I mean, like uh, the latest one, uh, and the pitch, another another plug. This one is about, uh, is a board game. This is not licensed, so unusual. Uh, it's a little village in Italy where I have a holiday home, and uh, it's got a lot of history, a lot of medieval stories. So we make occasionally board games like these, which are based on history and uh, not on the license. Mm. But... The meat and potato is definitely the license, and these two are the two biggest uh, IPs we have. We have the Jim Henson collection, which has Labyrinth, it's got Dark Crystal. We yeah. recently just now made a Fraggle Rock oh, card game. I was going to say that as a joke then, and now you've just ruined that. <laughs> I was going to go, oh, it'll be Fraggle Rock next. It's a very much a family game, you know, Fraggle Rock. But yes, yeah, so we've got the Henson, Jim Henson collection online, and then the My Little Pony uh, series of adventures, you know, those mm. core books, bestiaries, adventures, is, is quite cool. And we've done something similar, oh, probably that wouldn't ring a bell, but uh, there's a character in, in My Little Pony which is called Discord, mm. who is played by the voice actor, is the same actor that plays Q in Star Trek. Okay, so, yeah, and, yeah. And the character is very similar, he's super powerful, godlike, yeah. he's the god of chaos, effectively. Yeah. So he's got, you know, completely random, fun, completely change things just for fun. So, it, again, we had the 
starts in the book and guess what they're all question marks <laughs> and he always breaks the fourth wall so yeah, he knows yeah. he's in a role-playing game so yeah, yeah. all these pages like him cracking jokes about people's like you know like a, a body point body um sometimes it's yeah it's that kind of over the top tom bombadil is in breaks all the rules yeah yeah yeah. Not, yeah oh that's cool how many games like excuse I guess me it's like, ooh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um I guess that how long is pre stream, but like how many games would you make it a year? It varies. It yeah. varies. Yeah. It really depends. I mean, licensing as um, you never quite know, particularly when you start a new license like Ghost in the Shell, is because you're starting a new relationship with a new licensor. Mm. Some of them are really good at very fast at giving you feedback approvals. And yeah. You kind of, some of them take ages. Some of them are more precise, more careful. So it, it's really difficult. Some years we do quite a few. Some years we do very little. Mm. Uh, yeah, there's some, yeah, it is not a, it, being that it is a small, company cottage industry is not like you know you have a big studio with lots of things where you have to keep so i was mostly with freelancers uh, these days and uh, so yeah it sometimes it slows down sometimes it picks up but on average a couple of games a, a year i guess but there have been years where we've done a lot more the years yeah. where we've done less it varies i, I don't yeah. know mm-hmm. yeah, so, so yeah i find like i'm always i think when i learn about something like new and I'm like okay how does this industry work tell me everything um, so apologies if I'm no, asking just like really dumb basic questions no they're, they're great questions good uh, I've, I've obviously time for a few more from you guys but I've got no, a big yeah, list of uh, no, no, uh, no, patrons as well no. sound like you took they paid the money left them out pay the money left them out were you sucked in some airs if you were going to ask a question no no no, no. <laughs> I'm just old I have to take in large amounts of air every now and again keep the so brain keep the brain ticking over we, we often like to get our patrons to contribute and ask questions I've because I read through it a bunch this morning, I've, I've reserved asking a few things because well, I'll let them ask it, and you can. Okay. You don't have to answer them. You can just go. I ain't answer. Is there yeah, a I cheese say, question? In I there. think there is a cheese. Well, question. I would like to think so. The man's Italian. A cheese question is massively important. <laughs> <laughs> if not, we'll ask it. <laughs> um, right. So we have got John Carter. Uh, not the Warlord of Mars, unfortunately. <laughs> or Kata, maybe. Um, were there any times when you felt a rule should or shouldn't have been changed, but GW insisted on it? So, I guess, during your time at Workshop. Well, I mean, like we said before, there are, your customer will influence your mm. rule sets. And sometimes, indeed, there are rules where you kind of go, this rule cannot be, or you know, change it. So, yeah, no, definitely. I mean, it mm. happens. It's a normal part of the process. Yeah, uh, yeah. You don't always get, you know, everything your way. You have, yeah. to, you have to cater for other people's needs. And Yeah, well, absolutely. Yeah, so, yeah. So, yes, all Sometimes. the time. All the time. The answer to that is yes, constantly, yeah, it's part of it. Uh, Trevor Bailey, which games have impressed you with their rules? So I guess stuff that you probably haven't made that... Yeah, makes sense, isn't it? Uh, it would just be funny just listening to all your own <laughs> words. Terminator was very good. <laughs> Which is what we've been doing until now. Right? <laughs> well, let's let's get some other games in. Um, okay, games that I really like. I like Ticket to Ride. I have to say, uh, oh, it just yeah. it just does so much with I've so little. It's just yeah. I like games where they have very simple rules, but the game is amazing. Mm. You know, there's a few Rhino Nithia one. There's one called High Society, which is just a little card auction bidding game, which again is five, ten cards. And my favorite one of that type was. Do you remember uh, Medici? Yes, it's a great, yeah, great, yeah. great, great one for trading your way around the board. Yeah, there's Condottiera as well, which is a very good card game where you have the map of Renaissance Italy, which is just a score points really. But yeah. the game is a card game with, with beautiful tarot-like cards, and so uh, 
uh, other games that I like. I mean, I, <laughs> I, was, going, I was about to quote another Oliver Horse game. Hunger Games is my game. No, um, uh, so we said, Condottiere, what do I play that is not. Uh, Oh, uh, the board games. We definitely play a lot of uh, a lot of Ticket to Ride recently. We, we, I enjoy Ticket to Ride. My yeah. my girlfriend bought it recently, and yeah. and we have fun. Mm. Yeah, just be like, oh my god, I got a train from London all the way to Russia. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's great. It's good yeah. fun. Yeah, so I've never played it. During the fantasy world, we wouldn't be able to do on this one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just get a train from here to Birmingham. It'd be an impressive. Yeah, that could be a game well, on its own. I, right. I, I, I played a game recently. Apologies, diversion. Um, called Brass Birmingham. Um, and that's oh, all about that, yeah. all about the industrial revolution uh, in the black country, which is where all, all the coal came from and all that sort of stuff. And that's really really complicated, but like very good fun. Yeah, apologies. No, Sorry. no, no. Have you introduced yeah. because I haven't done it yet? Have you introduced your children to settlers? Uh, we did play settlers, but we don't own settlers. So no. Uh, oh, Small World. Speaking of that kind of thing, Small World is also very good fun. Have you tried Small World? No, no. Small World is a very cute little game of you know, fantasy races and the, the, the clever bit there is that you basically have races that invade and take on territory and stuff and through history you kind of you play a few turns with a the race then they, you retire them they kind of get extinct and or kind of become a legend and then more races come in but the clever thing is that uh, it gets like um, each race you pick a race and uh, a characteristic mm. which is random so you can get you know elves flying Flying elves, no, nice. you know, burrowing <laughs> trolls. Oh, burrowing trolls, that makes sense. Yeah, so there you go, you know, like riding dwarves, <laughs> like riders are on, but they're dwarves. Kind of thing. So it kind of mixes that thing around, which is kind of oh, leads cool, funny actually. things. Yeah. That'd be so yeah. hilarious for Middle Earth, though, just seeing like the riders are around and the orcs are like that big, trying to get those ankles. Yes, diplomatic orcs, you get all this kind of what? <laughs> like, that kind of thing. Suits. <laughs> uh, Richard Greathead, if you had to erase all the games you have worked on from history except one, which would you keep? <gasps> oh, that's a question. Well, if I want to get keep... rid of every game ever you've ever made, <laughs> if, I to, if I want to keep having an income, this one. <laughs> <laughs> Fair, fair, they are, uh, Richard. That's answered that question. Um, oh, this is interesting. Alex Svanberg, what's your uh, what's your personal favourite implementation of rules, flavour, or law into a thematic game mechanic? Oh, they're big words. Lots of big words. Ooh, okay. I think you used a thesaurus to write that. I do wow. like big words. Mm. I'm joking, wow. Alex. I'm sure you didn't. Uh, okay, interesting. Personal favourite implementation of rules flavour I think law. we had it's difficult to pick one of course there's so much one thing we had a lot of fun with was the Terminator game mm. in the Terminator game we did a lot of that taking a theme and just going really going for it and for example the re-rolls mm. in, uh, in Terminator uh, which is again it's very commonly well-loved mechanic where basically you have to re-roll something and the way you do that is you have to you know, say you shoot and miss mm. you kind of go oh I want to re-roll that and that's you buy rerolls you can play, but before you can reroll, you have to explain how you send somebody back in the past oh, to change cool. the fact <laughs> this this guy that fired his shot and, and missed. <laughs> yeah, you sent an agent back in the past to get and and the other guy 
can actually send their agent to stop you from getting the reroll. So you get a roll off of agents <laughs> in the past trying to, 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 to kind of stop each other. Like, oh yeah, I will get this guy trained better at shooting yeah. because of it. Like, That's okay. amazing. So you have to make up a little story that explains why you're rerolling the thing and uh, by sending your time agent, uh, your time displaced agent, and uh, the other guy can go, oh, uh, I don't want you to reroll that. I'll send a T800 to terminate your, your agent <laughs> yeah. in the past. Yeah. Yeah. So you roll off between the agents, and then if the one who succeeds, actually, you can actually get a reroll or not, kind of thing. Okay. Like, and there's a lot of that playing on on the, the core things. That sounds so much you had, fun. You had a good episode about it a while ago, because Emma's painted the video. Yes, he did. He did. Mm. Dave did a, yeah. a, whole, a whole episode about the Terminator game. It was really cool, actually. And he, he was talking about that. Having to go back into the past to correct things in the game, I thought it's quite cool. Because right. my head is immediately going like, right, okay, I'm gonna get his parents. I'm gonna send someone back in time to get his parents to send him to scouts so he can <laughs> learn to shoot with a bow and arrow, and then, and then Arnie coming back in time and just brutally murdering his scout leader. <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. It's quite funny as well because imagine the news report. Uh, you know, much love scout leader in mindless, mindlessly yeah. murdered. Yeah. Ch- children traumatized, no, lang- no longer like shooting bow and arrow. <laughs> yeah. It's like literally, there's no uh, badge on the uh, shoulders for it. Yeah. I-, I think there would be a lot of fun to be had with with uh, just in the shell there because you you have so much of that uh, where she hacks into other. Into mm. opponents during a firefight, you know, where she's kind of for a second she switches off, and you have, you know, you can see the other side people that are shooting, and then maybe suddenly one of them turns around and shoots his own mate because actually he's, she's controlling yeah, him, yeah. kind of thing. So, a lot of that, I think. I always love that in the Infinity game, the ability to hack. I always thought it was quite cool because the um, with them having like these um, like walking drones and like and mech suits, and the ability to be able to either. If the roll's good enough, you can sort of get them to shoot at their own. If the roll's not quite so good, they'll just it'll just stop it for a turn and things like that. It was really, really quite clever game design. I thought with that, I like I do like the idea of hacking in games. I think it's quite cool. Uh, Gamer Cadets asking favorite dessert. Favorite dessert. <laughs> there we go. That's there you go. This, this one, this will happen. Favorite dessert. <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, I guess if it's CJ out and about, he'll, he'll buy you. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, well, you have to go to Piedmont in Italy for that, and uh, you have to ask for a bonnet, which is like bonnet, uh, hat. Mm. That's the bonnet. Uh, it's a traditional uh, Piedmontese sweet dessert, uh, which is effectively how to describe it. Imagine a panna cotta, mm. kind of that kind of jelly texture, yeah. uh, with amaretto, cacao, cocoa, and um, liqueur in it. Yeah, kind of. Um, so it's very. Like maybe a, a Christmas pudding, but yeah, you know, doesn't have any raisin or anything. It's literally just a panna cotta, but uh, loaded with interesting stuff and uh, like liquor, uh, which uh, <laughs> makes it yummy. Uh, and cocoa, yeah, yeah. But, I, but I have a customer who comes in. He um, born in England, but his father, uh, his father was Italian, and uh, he has the greatest name ever. It's such a lovely name. His name is uh, Sergio Cantalamessa. And he comes in, and every year he always brings me uh, a panna cotta. Oh. And I was go, oh, he said, goes, he goes, it's not a Christmas if a family hasn't got a panna cotta. <laughs> you mean panna panatone. You mean panna cotta. Yeah, panna cotta. Yeah, panna cotta. Yeah, will not last outside. No, no, no. Panna cotta. Yeah, always brings one. He's like, it's like a thing. It's a Christmas thing, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's like it. It's like it. He has to. You know, he's like, it's not a Christmas. You haven't got one of these. They're in the supermarkets already. Yeah, I'm the same with Stalin. I have to have Stalin at Christmas. Yeah, Pandoro. Rather, I mean. 
I'm sure that sometimes will hate me for saying this, but I think Pandora is so much better than Panettone. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> There's a big thing between Panettone and Pandora Christmas. So, yeah. <laughs> Try Pandora next. Make a war game. <laughs> <laughs> is this a regional... In all seriousness, is it a regional thing? Part of it. But actually, Panettone and Pandora are national-level things. But yeah. yes, I, at some regions would eat them maybe with different sauces and stuff and so there is potentially for a, a conflicted war game always, in there. always. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and there's no miniatures you just rip off chunks so. I, I definitely believe this as the more damage you just eat more yeah. of it <laughs> yeah. there, there, there definitely needs to be a board game or a war game that talks about different ways of pronouncing bread in the UK oh yeah <laughs> like a rest- I mean it gets hectic on here in our yeah. comment section going it's not a bap it's a cob you could turn that into like is it when they have um like in in rest, wrestling where they have loads of people in the ring all at once. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like the Royal just, Rumble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Have a Royal Rumble, but it's like, like your regiments, could you? Could you like, like you know fourth fourth like Cobb regiment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, oh, and you definitely <laughs> the title has to be roll a dice. The roll oh, the dice. Oh, <laughs> oh but already oh, you're, you're taking oh, sides. You're yeah. taking sides already. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> I mean, you can tell that's what you do as a job. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, I'm not expecting you to come up with anything off the top of your head, but I just thought it was quite a funny uh, comment, which is from Adam Langford. Please create a special rule for each of the painting phase crew. For example, for Pat. I don't know where this has come from, Pat, so I feel off- offended on your behalf. Oh, God. Uh, yourself in, Pat. Last minute hero, apparently. <laughs> this this unit does uh, does everything last minute. I don't know where he's getting this from. Are you all... It's probably true. <laughs> yeah. Leader cannot move in the movement phase, but moves in the shooting phase instead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you're always like one, one, face, like be- one face behind. Yeah. Uh, no, you I, don't have to answer that. How, does he, how does he know me so intimately? I think in your case, particularly, it should be powers of uh, lo- loveliness, I remember. because my, Powers my, of loveliness? Kyoko, I used to work at the social fans. She was like, oh, where are you? Going, I'm going to see these guys, and they go, Peter, you remember? Oh, yeah, the lovely guy, <laughs> <laughs> the lovely guy. Yeah, I remember when she was still in the translation team, actually. Yeah, that was a rough time for the translation team as well when they were uh, moving on a bit, but yeah, 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 yeah Kyoko was great, always, always friendly. I married her. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I agree. I have to agree, particularly on camera. Oh, oh you're literally talking about your wife. Yes. <laughs> That's the way you said, I have to agree. <laughs> I'm, legally, I'm legally obligated to your fight. Hope she's not watching. <laughs> Hi. Uh, there's a few questions that have been asked a few times or a, a similar sort of questions. Uh, so Chris S in hindsight is there a game that failed for want of a better word that that with different rules could have been a success for Games Workshop or I suppose not necessarily Games Workshop maybe for River Horse as well potentially so if you had a game system that didn't do so well um, with uh, for want of a better reason I, I don't know what that is that with different rules could have been a success but I suppose a, yeah, game, you, a game that didn't work I, I don't know well, well, if there was one not for I, you you didn't <laughs> fail <laughs> I like this I was trying to <laughs> well no I don't know any, it doesn't any fail it doesn't fail what was that 100% no, I mean, successful <laughs> 
Okay, trying to be serious about that. Uh, I mean, it's difficult to tell whether a, a system, a game or something is not successful because of the rules, I think. Like Rick Plisley always teaches us, is a lot of it is the presentation, is the marketing, is the is what the models look like. I think rules are important, but they're not definitely not the most important thing and not the, the dominant part in particularly in war gaming and hmm. uh, maybe something like a board game is more important because hmm. the you know there's less there. But in a hobby like war gaming, uh, I wouldn't think. I mean, I'm sure there must be situations where rules really destroy a system, but I don't. I've never done that. <laughs> it's not my experience. <laughs> That's fair. Actually. The accolades of rule systems that you've made, I think you're fine. <laughs> you got quite a lot of good ones under your belt. Uh, what have we got here? Chris, uh, sorry, Keith uh, Winquist. Uh, do you follow any particular design philosophy or do rules just happen through the writing process? Oh, no. My philosophy is something that I rant all the time and oh, uh, cool. I got in trouble with uh, several times. And <laughs> it's just that, um, I mean, the motto of River Horse is uh, simplicity, uh, sorry, sophistication for simplicity. Mm. And um, is for me is the the task, the grail, the, the, the holy grail of rules writing is to write rules that are so simple that they disappear. They don't exist. Mm. Like the example I always use is chess in terms of when you play chess, you don't think of the rules. Yeah. You're not thinking, oh, how does how does a bishop move? How, how can I do this? Uh, can yeah, I, oh, how does a bishop move? Yeah. So you're thinking of the game. You're yeah. thinking of the strategy. I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to do that, and then he does that. So you're thinking of how to win the battle in the war game, not, oh, how does the rule work? Oh, mm. oh, so the idea is, for me, was to boil down rules to as simple as possible. And, of course, <clears throat> if it's a successful system, the last three years, I don't know, Kings of War, very simple stuff, very simple rules. And then for the years, people keep obviously new rules, new armies. I mean, bolt action, the same. New army books all the time, campaign books. So it gets progressively more organic and grows mm. and kind of becomes bigger and bigger and bigger. And then when you go next edition, yeah. start the game. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but the ideal philosophy for me is always to simplify radically yeah. really radically stuff to, to, to the point that some people have accused some of my systems to be simplistic which is a word i love absolutely <laughs> hate it just makes drives me mad the old simplistic yeah. i was just like also apart from the fact that some people use simplistic wrongly thinking is a positive they think is oh this game is very simplistic and nice. and you get like you mean it's simple and nice not simplistic and nice. yeah, simplistic yeah. is a negative Fermentation is too simple, or like you know, lazy has the connotation yeah, of yeah. words. Simplicity, you just you know, like well, and mm. I hate that with a passion because sometimes I the, the difficult part is taking away stuff. Mm. I mean, Jervis again is very famous for saying this. You know, you a, good, a designer knows he's done a good job when you there's nothing left to take out, not when there's nothing left to add. Uh, so is is that trying to distill things to boil down to simple, 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 which ain't part of the Lord of the Rings. Why is this so good? Mm. And still to this day, I think, again, because we've done a lot of that. Mm. And so, no, I, I am on a crusade to always try to make rules smaller and smaller and smaller. And uh, sometimes uh, people don't agree and uh, yeah. think they're simplistic and yeah. uh, we have an argument. Yeah. <laughs> James, James said something similar when, when we had him on. He said that that kind of like if there's like oh but the whole game revolves around this thing and he was like you probably have to get rid of it take it out mm. yeah I mean I'll, 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 as a firm yeah. fan of Warcry I think it does uh, although not written by yourself it, it does follow that 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 mantra of um, being a very simple rule set that I often find now because the pages of rules 
I've read through, there might be the odd rule I have to check every now and again. It's something I don't use very often, which is climbing or falling down. Mm. Um, I have to have a quick, I know where to look and have a quick look. I'm like, oh yeah, that's, I thought mm. it was that, but I sometimes have to check. So I guess to a certain degree, it's not as simple as, as um, like it would be ideal, but I don't read the rules. I just enjoy the game because the rules are already embedded in my head. That's, um, that's which, what you want to do. And we get we get comments about, like, Warcry's a rubbish game because it's too simple. I'm like, mm, I don't think it is. I think it's the right level of sim- simple. I, I don't know it, I'm afraid. Oh, it's fine. <laughs> it's, it, it's, <laughs> an, it's a Warhammer, Age of Sigma um, skirmish game. Um, it's still not as good as Lord of the Rings, but it's <laughs> close. Have you, just on the subject of uh, chess, very quickly, um, uh, did you see Queen's Gambit on yeah. Netflix? Yes. And then they went, oh, this has been successful. And they made Queen's Gambit the board game. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, isn't that a really old game? I'm sure it's been around a long time, that yeah, game. Yeah, So, and, and I was Didn't like, they managed to make it before the, the TV show, weirdly? <laughs> yeah, yeah. not, not chess. So, so, this was my thought, but you play it on a chessboard and there's pieces, but they move like, I, I was going to ask if you'd ever seen it. Um, yeah, not the game, no. No, no, because no. um, I, I looked at it and I was just like, what on earth? <laughs> it's chess, but it's like some weird form of like hybrid chess. Well, before well, we, we did. Yeah, we, we, before we went live, we are talking about uh, your Shuro, isn't it? Shuro, the first game the River Ross ever made. <laughs> yeah, the very first game. Uh, it's called Shuro and is uh, effective chess hammer, really. It <laughs> literally is you have pieces, lots of pieces, pieces on a big board with some cubes that are effective terrain and you terrain is randomly placed on the board and uh, you pick an army so you can go each piece has a value which is in, ch- in chess exchange theory obviously you know like you know a, a rook is worth five pawns and a rook is sorry a, a bishop is worth three pawns so they have points values based on pawns and, and therefore it's like okay you have a thousand points or a hundred points whatever go pick your army and you all have three queens and two rooks very small army very yeah. powerful oh, or like cool. no I'll have you know 20 pawns and 15 knights and create a knight with lots and lots of arm, small guys and knights and so so it's basically make your own army of chess and play chess that sounds thing. really yeah. fun the, the, the best variant was the four player variant called Turanga which was an expansion and then we did Loka which is the same thing but in uh, with, with the fantasy miniatures as opposed to chess pieces but yeah no, yeah so we did toy with chess yeah yeah, yeah. chess oh. war gaming never played it but I, well, I, I watched and observed because um, when early days of my career in the studio lots of like rules writers were able to make their own games and do their own things and like, have their own companies of stuff going up and then obviously the contracts change and stuff but I do remember seeing that being played a few times in, in Bugman's yes. uh, it was good I'm gonna uh, talk, what was it called again? Shuro I can write it down oh, for you after yeah. <laughs> Shuro which means warrior in Sanskrit mm. I have a thing for Sanskrit yes I thought it was like churros is in the Spanish <laughs> churros <Tasty> churros <laughs> 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 no, I mean, it's like it's like the name of the company. I can't sure it comes from uh, uh, playing words. As in, why, why is it River Horse? You were asking mm, yes, before. Yes, yeah. And uh, well, basically, it's because in Japanese, well, because I marry a Japanese lady and went to Japan, and we had to have that stamps made with our my surname, etc. So the stamp that m- makes my name Kabatore, as you pronounced in Japanese, if you were to read my surname Kabatore in in, in Japanese. A way, one of the possible ways to write that is to use this symbol, uh, kaba, which is the symbol for, I mean, it means hippopotamus. So it has a hippopotamus, oh. and, and therefore kaba tore, it sounds like uh, hunt the hippo or catch the hippo in Japanese, that's my surname, 
and the hippo became the kind of the totem animal, etc. And what fascinated me was that when I saw the symbol, my little poor Japanese, I saw that the symbol was actually included. A part of it was a river symbol, which is like three squiggly lines. Kind of mm. So hippo has river in it. And like hippopotamus in Greek is hippos is a horse and potamus is a river. So is uh, hippopotamus is a river horse uh, in Greek. Yeah. And in Japanese, apparently. And then with, oh, Chinese characters, hippopotamus, horse, river, river, horse. And then we went to like, okay, Sanskrit, where, you know, from ancient India, which went into the West and to Greece, into Greek and into and into Japanese and into the Chinese. So the, the, the Sanskrit roots of river, horse, hippopotamus, Kabatora, my surname. There you go. I love the fact it's a night riding a hippo as well. Yeah. <laughs> as right. you were describing it all, I saw that earlier and I was like, what is that? And then I'm like, okay. Yeah. 4,000 4, deaths a year at the moment, hippos. Really? One really? of the deadliest animals Dead. in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Compared to 11 shark deaths oh. a year. Yeah. Mm. Cows kill more people than sharks. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, apparently more people choke on lettuce than they're killed by sharks, but you know. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. 4,000 4, deaths a year. Um, opposed to oh, wow. Mad. Yeah, vicious. Here we go. We're the, <laughs> Which is weird when you consider they're vegetarian. So it means they are actually hunting you for sport. <laughs> <laughs> that is worrying, isn't it? Really? That <laughs> <laughs> oh, got dark. <laughs> it did go dark quick. Uh, Burley, barely, barely. What would the one cheese be that you'd find in all games that you've designed? <laughs> That's an interesting I mean, spin I mean, you, I mean, you could just say, what's your favourite cheese? Yeah. But, I mean, <laughs> probably easier. I mean, that's... I think that's a dead basic question. Yeah. <laughs> if you had to put a small chunk of cheese in every box of game, what would it be? You have to have the mother of all metaphors in this. Okay. <laughs> How can you answer that question? What's your uh, favourite cheese in this? My favourite cheese. <laughs> well, I mean, many cheeses, obviously. Uh, gorgonzola. I like blue cheese. So uh, mm. gorgonzola being a probably a good from Italy. But I mean, one thing that I learned here, uh, an old English gentleman, when I moved to England, uh, he took me aside and was like, oh, at Christmas time, he was like, oh, I'll teach you this. This, this tradition and so we started with you know uh, Stilton and port and biscuits and yeah. uh, and since then I was like oh <laughs> Stilton and port mm. Stilton yeah. Stilton and port mm. so yes I, I never used to be a fan of Stilton though. I just yeah it's like my cheese of choice now yeah, yeah I guess maybe older and blue cheese tends to be more like a, an old man's so you're getting well, yeah, older I guess. palette always changes doesn't it mm, it's like yeah. you know not a lot of people before, not a lot of people under 25 particularly like olives do they it's a is it really? Yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. Interesting. I, usually, my, my wife, she's Japanese, and when, with blue cheese, they really don't get blue cheese. It's like, it's rotten. Yeah, my it's wife. Moldy. My so wife, my wife's the same. <laughs> my, 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 wife, my wife, bless her, she will buy it for, for me, especially for Christmas, but she won't. She won't eat it. Because I love it. I, I remember, it, like, my first, like, I love a glass of red wine, um, but the first time I had it, I was just like, oh my God, it tastes like trees. You know, I always feel I always look really uncultured because when lots of my friends drink it with meals and so on, I'm sitting there with something else because I immediately gives I the minute my first swig of it and I have a headache. Oh really? I just get yeah. my hangover straight away. I don't need to go to bed to get my red. But then wine you can just have the dog it, right? Well, yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it instantly it just like ruins the night if I have a glass of red wine. It's yeah. something, and it ju I just don't get on with. It. I don't that's know what it, it is. That's interesting. It, it's, it was funny because, like, say I make a joke about, oh my god, it tastes like trees. Like <laughs> I went to a. Sorry, I sound like a right pants. Me and my partner, we went to a wine tasting, 
Um, oh, too late, there you go. Yeah, and uh, and they were like, "Yeah, re- you can really taste the forest floor." And I was just like, "There you go." I was like, "Yeah, it tastes like trees." <laughs> it was my first time. I knew that. I knew that before. Yeah. Well, it took me a long time before you know, like proper bio stop stop tasting like marmite. Yeah. 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 I, I do like the description of the back of wine bottles sometimes my favourite being like taste of freshly cut grass I was like I, I just wanted to taste of wine if that's <laughs> right. I think I'm a cow <laughs> uh, we've got Nathaniel Westwood um, this is news to me but probably not news to you after doing so much to enrich the history of the mercenary city-states Tilia and Astilia to the old world do you hope to see the return in the new old world game I didn't know you did much for Tilia and Astilia I well, I wrote definitely not not Italian, no, not the not the Spanish side of things, but I did do some bits about about mm. the the Italians. Yes, yeah. uh, I remember Nigel was writing the Dogs of War book. Yes, and, uh, yeah, yeah. And one of the first things I think I was still a translator at the time. Uh, he obviously came and talked to us about it. Mm. Oh, there's a bunch of Italians here, and so let's talk. I got because I, I know my history fairly well. I, we got along very well, and I did write. A, in fact, my first bit of background. That I ever wrote, written for Warhammer is in the Dogs of War book. Oh. It's uh, basically a story of. Um, it's from history. Is mm. this um, a mercenary leader uh, that uh, in the in the wars in the Renaissance there, basically there was these companies that were hired by the various lords and to fight for them. And uh, there's a famous story where this guy gets a gets a um, shot in the leg with a kind of arquebus, kind of mm. bigger caliber thing, something between a cannon and, and a handgun, uh, but. Basically, they have to amputate his leg, and uh, so the, the surgeon goes like, "Well, this is the, the captain, you know, he's the, the important guy. We better get this one right." And he kind of goes, "Oh, captain, we need to call fifteen men to hold you while I amputate your leg." And the guy goes, "Well, what are you talking about?" And takes a candle and goes, "Go, cat, I'll hold the candle for you <laughs> to show how manly this guy was." Really, I'm sure he's very accurate. But so I made the same version with a, an empire leader being yeah. shot by a Skaven Jezail and things. And the, the Amazing. Same thing. Yeah. I, I do like the uh and Skaven there. I wonder how that came about. <laughs> there's a lot of fun things in the Dogs of War book, and there's there's the Juan Canetto song, uh, just Juan Canetto, <laughs> give him to me. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's a few very 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 rude things that Nigel had a very cool sense of humour, and yeah, but unfortunately, um, not for uh, not to be repeated uh, on live uh, <laughs> streaming. Yeah. There's a few rude jokes there. Uh, no point answering that one because it's been answered. What, uh, so this is from Doc Miniature. What rule systems feature from another developer have you seen and thought, oh, that's a really good, clever way of doing that? Definitely not the answer to this one. I was in Italy. I was watching uh, Massimo Toriani, who's a, a guy that wrote games, uh, writes games. I got him to write some part of Volt Action. And so, so he is a very a game designer, uh, well, an entrepreneur. And uh, anyway, uh, volcanic guy. And I remember watching this game and he's doing this, I think it's World War II system where and there's a, there's a scatter of, of a template involved and he just picks a D10, rolls the D10. And the D10, unlike all the other polyhedrals, the other polyhedrals are regular, mm. are regular solids, so they actually don't have a polarity. They're all kind of, you know, the, the, the triangles, all the faces are the same, so mm. there is no direction in them. The D10 is not a platonic solid, it's not a regular solid, has an arrow, is actually shaped like that. Of course. And the number 
in the arrow. So a d10 is a perfect scatter die because you just roll it and it will, gi will give you a direction and a number at That's the same genius. time. Particularly if they are the zero, the ones that have yeah. zero instead of 10. Yeah. So actually zero is a hit. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. you go, this is how much it scatters and that's the direction. If a zero, you hit. So one in 10, you hit automatically. Mm -hmm. And then you scatter by, you know, this direction, one inch, which is nothing, not a lot. Yeah. So you kind of hit. So it just went, yeah, don't need scatter dice, d10. That's like, so smart. I was like, yeah, yeah, stealing that. Yeah, that <laughs> is totally stealing that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and it's just yeah. one dice as well being rolled, not two. So right. yeah, yeah direction and distance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's a smart human? I do like that. Uh, uh, oh my days. Um, Zamphire Skew Adrian my hi I've probably murdered your name I do apologise uh, how would you update the Mordheim rules if you had the chance uh, would you like to have the chance well that's that's a question for Thomas not for me uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah this Mordheim is a fantastic system they all kind of you know see your warband developing and tinkering and changing I think what would I do with that I, I would approach Lego uh, <laughs> because yeah. you can go oh stick this bit out <laughs> customizable Lego in fact I will approach Lego yes, <laughs> yes. Well, that's what um, that's what me and my friends did we were used to play um, Spartacus yeah. the, the yeah, board game yeah, yeah. yeah but the problem being was is you could upgrade the gladiators but the miniatures for it were preset as to right. what they were and then Lego in them little blind bags started to do Romans and then Centurions and then they did a, two variants of Gladiators and then you had Celts and then you had a Barbarian. Right. And then the next thing, we had a whole range of weaponry and you could go, you could give the Gladiator the small round shield. You could give him a spear. Yeah. You could. So in the end, we could actually put Lego figures on. And the great thing is as well is that in the game, uh, in the fight in the arena, there was a decapitation. So you could actually... <laughs> nice. The person who owned the game hated being my bestie for this he went you're ruining the game because you've got lego figures are good but it actually does it's a perfect. better job of yeah. describing the weaponry <laughs> yeah than, yeah, than yeah. you've than, than this static figure can do yeah See, so. I, I i very similar to well not quite the arena stuff but i there's a set of rules called brick quest which was hero quest but with lego oh genius um yeah. but you could like and i did it with my mates and i literally just gave them like a a box of heads a box of bodies box of legs box of weapons to go make your character so they made the character and gave it what they wanted like what's it going to be a wizard and stuff and literally everything was made out of lego so even like your um your character sheet was lego so it was like so many like red like lego bricks represent health and yeah, like yeah, um yeah. like yeah, movement that... and stuff but i also made like a little box for inventory so you add like a hinge on it so as long as the lid closed flush you could carry what you want oh that's cool but if it if it had like a bit of a lift on it you you, you, you could to. you had wow. to you had to get rid of something you had to cool. drop it well, that... but i also made like little mechanics because lego's really good loving like little mechanics and things move yeah, and do yeah, stuff yeah, so like it... almost like a measurement in, in, in the, the, the blocks and yes everything. yeah, yeah, yeah. You, about, you know making the stats it's that um when we visited um we visited the uh, i don't know if you've been the, the the lego house which is a big interactive center it's in billund and denmark where where they're based we went we you, you go in and you spent whole day there but it, it they, when you eat your dinner they give you your menu and then there is a pack of lego and you have a board and then you go, well, I'm going to have chips. So you put yellow a yellow strip on the board and you're going to go and fish, which is a blue strip, and then the greens to go with it. And then you just build your meal. And then next to you, there is an iPad built into the, the wall and you just take the thing and you just plug it in the bottom of it. And then literally it goes into animation. 
and you'll see Lego <laughs> figures driving a chalk, uh, 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 um, <laughs> a, a forklift with a big piece of broccoli on it, and then <laughs> and then you just see them start to build your dinner, and then they go go and collect your dinner, and you walk over, and at the very top of the ceiling there is a rolling, um, a rolling sort of like a slide, if you will, and you stand there, and then these large le- Lego boxes, which are like a, look like an enormous six by two brick just come rolling down and then when they roll all the way to the bottom there is two robots which are made out of all bits you recognize but massively oversized that if i remember rightly might have chef hats on and then it drops in front of them and then they grab your brick and then they push it down more rollers and it ends up with this weird plastic brick and then when you go down and open it all your dinner is inside it it's really (laughs) really bizarre and and you know what the lego house was amazing it was absolutely amazing but if you say to any of our the the four of us that went you know me and wife and my two children you say what was the best thing lego house everyone goes i'll build them me dinner Building yeah. dinner was the best thing in there. Was, I mean, is, yeah, I mean that sounds. I was going to ask about like, because it's going down this slide thing. Does it like get no, it's, it's, it? No, it's like you know, um, you know, you know, rollers. It's it's so it, it's very you know, uh, so it's okay. very so it, so it, you know, it doesn't come down and it's you know all over. It's like that, you know. But it's so it's, it's, so it does this, so it keeps it. You know, it's yeah, a very okay. very slow That's descent, amazing. and then it rolls down. But the idea you just build it with bricks, I think, is really yeah. cool. I've got um, a couple more questions on mine. I bet yours is a bit more updated for some reason. It won't update anymore. But um, uh, Scott Gray is saying, as a player, what's your favourite game and favourite army? Do you have any favourite games to play and have any favourite armies? Are we talking... Sorry. Just, just any game. Any do you game? have a favourite game and a, a favourite army within that game that you like to like to play? And if you stick to Workshop, uh, definitely love... I mean, probably in terms of s- smaller games, I, I love Blood Bowl. I yeah. really love Blood Bowl. As in, I think Jervis did a masterpiece with that. It's just <laughs> great. He's got the best bits of wargaming and board gaming into, into one, rolled into one thing. It's just lovely. So in Blood Bowl, I would play Skaven. Surprise. <laughs> um, so that, I guess, in uh, favorite army uh, in, in bolt action, I tend to to use uh, Americans as in US Army. Mm. It's because, as I always said, bolt action for me is a Hollywood portrays Hollywood movies is, yeah, is, is yeah. Band of Brothers is yeah. you know Saving Private Ryan so you know I grew up with the you know the Americans are the good guys kind of thing in my head and uh, there you go that's that's what I play yeah, I tend to play yeah. the, the good guys in, in battles which you know I let's not go political I understand yes, that yeah, obviously yeah, reality is yeah, a bit yeah. more <laughs> nuanced than that, but, <laughs> but, but yeah, in general I think World War II I like that that vibe so uh, difficult yeah. so many favorite armies I love Eldar in 40k I have a huge elder army. I uh, nice. still have, yeah. Maybe one day I'll start playing for the gay again. So I don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That'll be a good time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Have you got some more questions on there then, Pat? Um, or is that all of them? I think. I think uh, well, I'll, I'll let you That's know. all right. Yeah. I, 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 could, I could take your phone if you want to. I think we might have got through most of them. Uh, oh, no. I've scrolled down to the bottom. Oh, uh, yes. Oh, there's only a couple more that are missing, and that's fine. Uh, is that the same guy? Gamer Cadet, what do studios look for in rules write, uh, rules writers slash games designers? So, obviously, when you're pitching yourself out to, hmm. to uh, anything they're particularly looking well, for. My advice would be working your person skills, your soft skills, because I think that is the most important thing. Being a nice guy, mm. being somebody that people want to work with and have find it easy to work with and even you know want to work with because it's fun so if if you want to work in a company as as, as an employee uh because you spend most of your life there uh, mm. you know uh, five days a week uh, full-time thing 
you really want to be a nice person, mm. uh, an easygoing, friendly person that is fun to work with, because your skills can be trained. Yeah, you can learn. Yeah, you. I have learned all the game design I know from Rick Priestley, Jervis Johnson, all you know, the, all the, the team there, and uh, Andy Chambers, and so you can learn skills. But if you're not a nice person, people don't want to work with you. Yeah, yeah regardless yeah. of how skilled you are. Uh, so that would be my advice: is just be a nice guy. Yeah, and learn. And yeah, you know, I think the learning attitude is important. Yeah, be a yeah. nice guy. Thinking, you know, uh, what have I learned today? Ask yourself that every time. Learn things. So that, that's what I think is most important. Mm. Specifically, I mean, yes, what, what do you want in a game designer? Well, yeah, obviously, having skills to do with game design is hot. There's in play lots of games would be the other advice. <laughs> Knowing a lot of uh, other games in the in the same area gives you a, a knowledge that you can use. But yeah, no, I think soft skills are as important, if not more important, than your actual skill skills. Yeah, that can be taught. That can be learned. Well, it definitely helps build the environment around you as well, doesn't it? So it makes things a lot, uh, yep. a lot easier to to do stuff. I mean, I certainly remember like, for it was weird. There was a, I don't know if you remember this. Like, we used to get feedback sessions out to give feedback to everybody. There was like these forms out to go out around around the studio, yeah. and uh, someone wrote on mine like, "Oh, you need to be more firm because you're a bit too laid back and this that and the other." And I was like, "Okay, so I'll try to be more firm." And then I got another one from the same person saying, "You're too firm. You need to like chill out." I was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> I don't know what you want. <laughs> I'm trying so hard right now." I think I, think I know the problem. I, I'm the same. I, I I tend to go friendly, 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 aggressive. <laughs> I, I don't have the mid ground where you yeah. assertive. I cannot do assertive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can go friendly. Or aggressive. I don't think I've ever seen no. aggressive yeah. Valencia. I need it, to see that. Not often. Not often, but yeah, yes, it's not pretty. Uh, I'm going to lead out with the last one, which is just to, you know, stroke your ego a bit more. Uh, <laughs> why are Lord of the Rings rules so good at 20 years after they are still the same? Is there any unit in that range that you have special love for? Well, we know what that is. It's going to be Rohan, isn't it? Rohan, yes, Rohan. <laughs> uh, I played a lot of Rohan. Oh, oh, but did you play a Rohan, like, in I, the film? I, I, I heard <laughs> I'm sure I heard that mention. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> let, me, let me start. Let me start. <laughs> you, know, on, you know, on the base, you know, on the base. Uh, what oh, did yes. we learn? Yeah. I'll, I'll bring the base in so you can see it. Yeah, that's Alessio. <laughs> no, that's great. Well, um, that's all our questions from the patrons. Um, so thank you guys for checking those through. Uh, lovely humans. It's always nice to see. Wow. Our patrons. Uh, cool. Usually, uh, I was surprised with the cheese one this 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 time round. It was very <laughs> complicated. <laughs> yeah, very, <laughs> more left and centre than it normally is. <laughs> you can say there's blue cheese throughout all my games. So <laughs> the smell. <laughs> blue cheese and cheese. Blue cheese. Yeah. Uh, no, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for sharing your stuff as well, and obviously what River Horse is working on. Oh, when um, are we looking at uh, what's the? When are we looking at Ghost in the Shell? What do we think is the? Well, Likely. next year, 24 yeah. will start. Uh, there's a whole range of products to be done. So we we, we could go you know, card game, role-play game, war game, board game, so that we can do them all, and we'll, we'll do them all. It's just in which order still to be worked on. And it, it will all depend. Timing will depend on approval. We just started. So don't know exactly because, yeah, it depends how fast the, the approval goes. Well, yeah. with the love for the film, I'm massively looking forward to it. I really am. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah if you need yeah. any playtesters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that can be a yes. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Well, yes I need to definitely... up on my uh, Ghost in the Shell then, wouldn't I? <laughs> yeah. I'll bring, I'll, um, I'll bring me, me notebook along, give me briefcase, the one that's got the machine gun built into the top of it. <laughs> <laughs> Do, can you fire it whilst the briefcase is closed? No, he jumps oh. in the car. He, he jumps <laughs> in the car too. It's like the, uh, you know, like the way, you know, some uh, assault rifles have a, have a, ha- you know, like the M16 has yeah. a handle. Well, it's the handle, isn't it? Oh, in, the, in the handle, you press the button and the, the the briefcase falls away in the machine gun side. It's just a, yep. it's a bit of a, just a really cool scene at the beginning That's of the film. That's quite smart, yeah. I like that. Yep. I like little things like that. Oh, thank you very much for, yeah, for coming thank on. Thank you for having me. It's, it's been great. It's been great. Thank fun. you very much, Alessio. And uh, good luck with uh, River Horse and obviously Ghost in the Shell. Fingers thank crossed. You. <laughs> <laughs> thank you yeah. very much. May your labyrinth sails forever be strong. <laughs> <laughs>